Project Tariag Day 37, Mitzvah Reish Lamed Aleph, and the Mitzvah is not to curse another Jew, and it's learned from the Pasuk, which means don't curse a deaf person, and the Pshatan that is, even somebody who's unable to hear the Kloda, like somebody who's deaf, you shouldn't curse, and by extension, Kalvachim is somebody who could hear the curse and therefore take offense or be scared of it. Curse another Jew in any way is also, but if a person curses another Jew with Shem Hashem or one of the other titles that Hashem is called, then he gets Marcus for that. In other words, even though normally the din is that one doesn't get Malchus for Loita, I say, which doesn't involve an action. And here it's talking about speech, just like we saw in the previous mitzvahs of making a shvur. The other exception to the rule is cursing when the Torah does give Malchus for somebody who's over Bermezid and curses another Jew. This is in addition to the specific Isurim in the Torah not to curse the parent or not to curse the Nasi, and therefore the Chazal said in Sifri that a son who curses his father who is also a judge and also a Nasi would be chayib for four different times for the Israel of cursing which are found in Torah. This mitzvah applies to men and to women any time in any place and if a person does curse someone else with Hashem's name he gets Malchus and with that Hashem's name is done in Israel even though there is no penalty of Malchus. Now when it comes to the reason for the mitzvah, the chinuch brings another number of options. The first one he says, you see in the world that people are scared of the effect of a curse. Both Jews and non-Jews understand intuitively that the cloud of a person has some kind of an effect and as a result of that he'll suffer or he'll be pain or loss and therefore the chinuch says the reason for the mitzvah is that Kaddish Baruch doesn't want us to injure or affect somebody else. Just like we can't hurt them in action, same thing the Torah forbids us from causing them damage or pain through our speech. That's his first reason. The second reason he gives is since the ability of a person to speak comes from his nefesh, comes from his soul, from a higher part of himself than his body, and therefore it has a, what a person does has effect. And a more spiritual part of a person has a more spiritual effect. And therefore... Based on the level of a person's nefesh, so to speak, a tzaddik who is on a higher level, his nefesh is on a higher place as well, what they say will have more of an effect and have more immediate results. And if that's the case, uh, a, a curse of a person is a way to affect somebody on a spiritual level, and therefore it may even be more potent and more powerful than being able to affect him physically. In addition to this, the chinuch is the second reason. And that is, Hashem wants people to live in peace with each other. And the, one of the primary ways to avoid that is to avoid arguments, to avoid things which will cause a rift. And therefore, cursing another individual will definitely cause some kind of an altercation with that person. And even if a person thinks that it's in the privacy of his home or in quiet, but no one will know about it, or something which is said, he brings the passage, something which is said gets found out about, and therefore the other person will hear about it. The Rambam explains the reason for this mitzvah 
and that is that if a person gets into the habit of cursing others, so it's going to develop his own bad middles, it'll whet his appetite for revenge, it'll ang- increase his anger about the other person, and it seems from the Rambam that even though he doesn't give much credence to the effect of the curse it's going to have on the person being cursed, but the fact that it's going to have an effect on the one who's cursing is enough of a reason for the Torah to make it also. Mitzvah Reish Lamed Beis And that is the Pasuk not to mislead another Jew. We learn from the Pasuk Which means don't put a stumbling block in front of the blind man and that means literally that since he can't see the stumbling block is going to fall over it. And the Sifra learns this that it doesn't just apply to a physical case it applies to any case where a person isn't aware of the, what's going to happen or the consequence of his action. And a person as a result of that who makes him stumble or who misleads him is over in this issue. So we would apply, for example, to somebody who gives somebody else bad advice. Um, and as the person follows that advice and harms themselves. Or even if a person gives someone else opportunity, helps someone else to an avera or advises him to do that. And if it's seen that the person who did the avera didn't realize it was also or the severity of what he did, the person who misled him is also over on this issue of misleading the blind. The reason for the mitzvah is Pashat, as the Chinuch. It's like what the Shparacha wants people to help each other and, and give them good advice, and not obviously to misuse someone else's ignorance in order to be used against them and to trip them up. This issue applies to non-Jews as well, which means we ask for a person to assist or advise a non-Jew to be over one of the Averas that non-Jews are instructed to keep. And therefore the Gemara says, for example, that to sell a non-Jew, an animal which you would want to sacrifice days of a Zara, or to sell him anything on the day of his festival which will cause him to go and express gratitude to Zavar Zara, is all in the category of Lifneveh. However, to sell to a Jew, he'll sell to the non-Jew, which means one more step removed. The Gemara said it's not also, the issue is to create the stumbling block oneself, but in order to enable somebody else to create a stumbling block, that far the Torah wasn't us. Similarly, the Chinuch learns that the issue, not to sell weapons to a non-Jew, is because of the Fne'ira, which means he might use them to attack innocent people, and that would be also also the Fne'ira, that one's being enabling the non-Jew to do another. This mitzvah applies in any place and any time to men and to ladies. If a person does give his friend bad advice or helps him do another, so he's over in this love, but since he doesn't have a maisa, so then there's no malchus for being over on it. Mitzvah Reish Lamed Gimel and that is a mitzvah for the dying for the judge not to pervert the justice which is anything the Torah instructs one to do regarding the din, for the, for the judge to do otherwise would be over this iser. And that's what the Pasuk says, the person shouldn't do an injustice in the court case. The reason is obvious, because a fair court system ensures a stable society. Therefore, Chazal instituted that a person should be Muslim, but then shouldn't pass him too quickly, so he's able to consider all sides to the case. If necessary, he should ask the advice of somebody greater than him. Like we see in the court system, Moshe Ben set up that there are various levels of judges, that the younger 
or junior judge could consult with a superior judge. Because as the Khilaf points out, in order to judge correctly when there's so many aspects to each case, a person needs to be a Chacham Gadol. The Gemara even says that a person who wants to mishakim, to become wise, should learn Dile Mominus, that which means how to judge many cases. Also, it's important that the size of the man, amount of money at stake should make a difference to the case. Whether it's a case of one fruit or a case of a hundred money, the Gemara says we have to be as careful to make sure that the psak what was issues is correct. And therefore, there are a number of opinions in the Gemara that it's better to offer a compromise rather than pask in the din, because if there's an agreed upon compromise, one doesn't run the risk of being over on a miscarriage of justice. This mitzvah applies in any place in time, the only two men who are the judges. And if a person, the mazid, miscarries justice, he paskins against the Torah, he's over in this love. However, there's no malchus because number one, there's no action involved. And number two, a person can return the money, which as because of his ruling was wrongly transferred to the other party. The Mishnah says that if the Dayan made a mistake in the Dvar Mishnah, which means against a clear halacha, then the court case is invalid, the money has to be returned. And in a case where it's not so clear, then the Gemara discusses in which cases he would have to return the money himself to the aggrieved party or not. The way the Chinuch explains this rule is whenever the judges didn't have um, the rishus, so to speak, from the authorities, whoever the highest authority would be, the Nasi or the Rashkalus, whoever would be in charge to issue rulings, and they made a mistake in the, their judgment, even if it wasn't just a mistake in the calculations, then the din is invalid and they would have to give the money back. But in a case where they had permission to judge these kinds of cases, so they weren't negligent in being judges, then they don't have to pay themselves. And in a case where they didn't have permission, but instead of just ruling on the court case, they themselves transferred the money in question from the one party to the other one. So then they themselves are high to pay back because they did an actual damage. And if that's the case, even if the item which was given is no longer extant, they're still high because they're considered mazikim in the fact that they forcibly removed something from the one party against the halacha. And lastly, if they make a clear mistake against the Mishnah, the Gemara, or the Chinuch says any other accepted psak in Klal Yisrael, then the halacha is that the din is bottle, because had they re- realized or remembered such a ruling, they wouldn't have passed not like that, in which case it was a ruling issued in error, and the, it's reversed, the money has to be returned to where it was before. Mitzvah Reishla Medalit also a mitzvah on the judges, and that is that the judge can't give honor to one of the litigants during the court case, even if he happens to be a great person or a person of stature. The Pasuk says that had a a person can't give honor to one of the litigants who happens to be a godl. The reason for the mitzvah, like always, is because that would create a miscarriage in justice. An extension of this, would be if the basement would allow one of the two to stand and the other to sit. That would be also giving favoritism to one of the two parties. And therefore they would both have to stand or both have to sit. And even though it's better that they both stand, 
like the Chinuch says, because like people standing in front of bases, like standing in front of the Shechina, like it says in the Kim, Nitzav Badaskel, the Shechina rests, so to speak, in a place where the Tayonim are sitting. But if they were both allowed to sit, that there wouldn't be a miscarriage of justice, as long as when the verdict is ruling, they both stand for that. This mitzvah applies in every place in time, only to the men who judges. And if a person's over on this, so he's over on this mitzvah of judging fa- fairly, and as well as this avera of not showing favoritism in the courtroom. But nevertheless, there's no malchus here because there isn't a specific action involved. And the next mitzvah, mitzvah Reish Lamed Hay, is a continuation of this, and that's a positive mitzvah, but Tzedek Teshpoita which means to judge your friends, which means your fellow Jew favorably. Which means, as is included in this, not to show favoritism between the two litigants, to respect one in front of the other one, to allow one to speak and the other one you cut his word short, to let one stand and one sit. In all these cases, there would be a display of favoritism, which would destroy the fairness of the court case. Even though in many cases, one judge could issue a ruling, the Reni Chazal warn us that a person shouldn't judge by himself. In addition, from this mitzvah, to judge your friend fairly, that every person that applies to them should judge someone else in a favorable way. The reason for the mitzvah, it's clear that if the judgment is fair, then it provides for a fair society. If the judge is going to be unfair to one of the two litigants, as a result, the other one will be too scared, so to speak, to explain all his points, if that's the case, it's going to result in a, in a wrong or an unfair judgment. Somebody is a Chacham who is able to judge, it's part of the mitzvah for him to judge, because otherwise, if those people who are able to judge don't, then it will end up being that the people who aren't able to judge will be the judges, and that's going to cause a perversion of justice. And of course, the second point, and that is to judge another person favorably, is the basis for interpersonal relationships, and in making peace between different people. Chazal goes so far as to say that in the two Balei Dinim, if one was wearing fancy clothing and the other poor, poor clothing, so we, as a Dayanim, will force them to dress in a similar way, so that it doesn't seem like we're going to have a reason, so to speak, to consider the one more important than the other. Chazal points out that he hasn't seen any base in being mapped on that. Even though the Pasuk says, by a Talmud Chacham or by a Yasim, an Almana, with an orphan, that one should be maktim their din, one should be quick with their passing their din for them. That's in order to judge their case faster, not in order to slant the case in their favor, obviously. This mitzvah applies in any time and place to the man who judges, but with regard to the din of judging others favorably, would apply to every person, both men and women. It's not restricted to only an official judge. Mitzvah Reish Lamed Vav is not to be a tale-bearer. The Pasuk says they tell Rachel, which means one finds information about one person from somebody else, and then he goes back to the other person to tell them what was said about them. Unless there's some to Ellis, there's some purpose of doing that, which can help the, the person he's speaking to and prevent them being damaged or hurt, then it will be asked to go and inform them about what somebody else said or thought about them. The reason for the mitzvah, says the Chinuch, HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants what's good for the Brias, 
and therefore preventing us turning slander about each other is the best way to prevent fights between people. The pattern to this Isra of Rechilus is the Isra of Lashon Hara, which means speaking badly about people. And we find in many places how strict Chazal were and how much they saw the evil effects of Lashon Hara and Rechilus. So much the Gemara says that speaking Lashon Hara kills three people, the person who was spoken about, the person who spoke, and the person who was spoken to. And even in a case where a person isn't speaking badly about somebody else, but he's speaking in a way which will cause bad to be spoken about him. Does Israel also apply? So, for example, the Gemara says to praise someone in front of his enemy would be also considered Lashon Hara because that's going to cause the enemy to respond by speaking negatively about him. There's another din here as well, which the Chinuch digresses to discuss, and that's the din of a Moiser, which literally means a person who transfers or gives his neighbor or his friend's items to the authorities or to a non-Jew. And on that, the Gemara says that a person who did do that, Rabbi Nachman made him pay for the damage he caused, and it's only in a case where he did it on his own right, with addition. If there was an onus, he was forced to they say the authorities forced him to reveal the source of somebody else's money or whatever other items would be, and he would show it to them, then he would be part of Which means not just that they forced him, but they threatened to kill him, even if they threatened to penalize him in some other way. And he, as a result of that, he was married. He showed them what they were looking for by somebody else. He wouldn't have to pay. But if he wouldn't just show it to them, he would actually take it himself and give it to them. So then he did a master to steal from the other person, so to speak. If that's the case, he would have to pay back. In that case, even if they forced him, he would still have to pay back. And even if they forced him with his life, and as a result, he was moister, he gave over his friend's op- uh, items of property to the authorities who have to return it, not because Pukach Nevesh isn't important, but because over here the alternative wasn't that he should die and not give it to them, but he cannot die, he can save his life, but he has to pay back afterwards. Even a fugitive who is running for his life, and in the course of his escape, he breaks somebody else's thing, would be responsible to pay for it. Again, not that he's not allowed to save his life, but he can make good the damage he caused as well. The Gemara discusses another option also, and that is if a person is a moiser, which means he transfers things of Jews to the non-Jewish authorities, Shulaykadin. So, the Gemara is a, 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 a sad to say that one's allowed to kill him if he's a moiser, and as if he's been warned uh, not not to do that, and therefore, in order to prevent him, one's allowed to kill him. The Gemara discusses that means also one's allowed to destroy something belonging to him in order to prevent him being a Moser. The Rambam writes that if a person declares his intention to be a Moser, we have to warn him and tell him not to do it. But if he doesn't listen to us, then it's, uh, we're allowed to kill him. Not only that, the Ram says, If a person is quicker to kill him, he was Zaycha, so to speak, in the Mitzah. That's only to prevent what he's going to do. If the Moser already has transfers, whoever it would be, or his things to the non-Jewish authorities, it would be asked to kill him. Unless it's somebody who does that regularly, in which case one could, one could stop him uh, doing or being able to Moser Jews to the non-Jews in the future as well. Right. There's a din of a person who's being ma- mazik the tzibur, 
so then the tzibur are allowed to give them to the Goyish authorities to deal with. That's also passing in the Rambam. But it's also to destroy the, the Moses' money. The Gemara says that maybe he would have a descendant who would be a tzaddik, and therefore Hashem has put the money there for the future descendant to benefit from. This Esar of Rechilos and Hora, which we spoke about, applies in every place in time, both to men and to women. And if a person is over in this and speaks Hashem Hora or Rechilos, he's transgressed this mitzvah, but since it's only a mitzvah in speech, there's no malchus given to that. However, Hashem has many agents to punish a person. Right. And even though there's no malchus, so to speak, for Lashon Hara, but there would be a case where a person's chayev, the case of a moiser, that it's not his chayev misa, but we are allowed to kill him to prevent him being a moiser. And even though normally uh, to kill somebody needs a base in a Sanhedrin, there's the Shal, over here, that the idea is to prevent somebody damaging the rabbim. So the Chachom allowed to metakin, and was allowed to, like, so to speak, use all means at disposal in order to prevent him doing that. That was a din, which specifically by a because he presents a threat, a threat either to the rabbim or even to a specific Jew, who his lashon horror could cause that person to lose his life or otherwise.